Welcome to the QMC Board and Collar, news and thought-provoking discussions for today's emergency medical service provider. The Board and Collar podcast series is brought to you by QuickMed Claims, a national leader in emergency medical transportation revenue cycle management and reimbursement consulting. Now, your host for today's podcast, QMC's Director of Client Services, Gary Harvat. I come to you today from the family room of my home outside of Pittsburgh. Of course, today is March 26, 2020, and many of us across the United States are sheltering in place due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, my colleague Ed Morasco brings us a unique look at COVID-19 and its effect on emergency medical services beyond the pandemic response. Ladies and gentlemen, Ed Morasco. Good day. This is Ed Morasco from QuickMed Claims. I wanted to talk with you briefly about coronavirus and our response beyond the pandemic itself. The coronavirus pandemic is consuming almost all aspects of our daily life. New information is emerging hourly and access to this information is unprecedented. Our communities are engulfed by information from medical experts about the the virus itself, updates regarding actions being taken in communities all over the country to stem the tide of the pandemic, and of course, a great deal of information about those who have been directly impacted by the virus. Our nation has not been this immersed in a story since the events of September 11, 2001. I wanna talk to you briefly about a concept called the second victim phenomenon. As the COVID-19 outbreak was declared a pandemic and travel was restricted a couple of weeks ago, I found myself at the Association of Critical Care Transport Spring Education Meeting in Louisiana with one of my QMC colleagues and leadership from around the medical transport industry. Ironically, one of the featured speakers was Dr. Susan Scott from the University of Missouri Healthcare, talking to the group about the second victim phenomenon. She spent most of her career studying this phenomenon, developing strategies for supporting colleagues after traumatic events. The second victim phenomenon refers to the impact of adverse patient events on caregivers and other public safety responders associated with those patients. While her thesis is more centered around the impact on providers related to medical errors and patient-related injuries, her work is instructive and augments the work done by Dr. Jeffrey Mitchell and others who have documented the impact of critical incident stress on first responders. Of course, the emergency medical service profession has acknowledged this impact and many uh, communities have deployed resources to assist emergency responders in this regard. There are many programs that are offered real-time diffusings after a difficult call, peer check-ins when a team has encountered a high-risk event such as a bad assault or death of a child, and of course, a full CISM team deployment after a large event like a multi-casualty incident. We also know that the effects of difficult events can be additive over time. It may not be a single landmark event to trigger the stress response in a provider, but the stress response may build over the course of many smaller events. As I reflect on the events of the last few weeks and anticipate the weeks ahead, 
it occurred to me that healthcare workers, including EMS professionals, are at far greater risk for the additive impact of all that is going on around the community. Just think about it for a moment. moment. The normal routines of the providers are interrupted as their children are now at home because the schools are closed and childcare responsibilities require a new and more creative approach. As is typically the case in our profession, those of us with healthcare backgrounds often have responsibility for family members with healthcare needs. So in addition to carrying out the daily responsibilities, EMS professionals may also need to provide food and supplies for high-risk family members in an effort to limit their interaction with the outside world and reduce the risk of COVID-19 exposure. As colleagues are required to stay off the job because of potential exposure and or other responsibilities, those who are still on the schedule may be forced to work extra long hours to maintain the service, not to mention the stress associated with caring for high-risk patients on a daily basis and having to constantly think about maintaining safety and well-being of themselves and their co colleagues during the daily routine of providing emergency medical services. At a time when EMS professionals are in most need of diversions and outside activities to mitigate the impact of work-related stress, many of those tools, such as going to the gym and working out, going to a restaurant for a nice dinner with friends, or even hitting the bowling lanes, are no longer available. Many EMS professionals turn to their family members for support during stressful times. But with the events unfolding the way they are, many of these same family members are also experiencing unusually high stress levels. We need to be sure that we are taking care of ourselves and both our families at home and our families at work. So I wanted to review with you six steps for mitigating stress. Number one, eat well. Many health professionals will tell you that your diet can have a significant impact on stress and the ability to manage it. While shortage at grocery stores and long hours on the job can make eating well a challenge, we should all be more conscious of our eating habits during these difficult times. Plan ahead, pack some healthy snacks in the event you are stuck at work, and do your best to stay away from the junk food. And right now, as I'm in between recording this session, I'm eating celery sticks uh, and trying to keep on the healthy side myself. Number two, exercise. Social isolation and distancing doesn't mean that we must lead a sedentary lifestyle for all these weeks. In fact, we should be striving for just the opposite. Walking, running, and bike riding are options that don't require a trip to the gym and can be done in relative isolation. Take advantage of any opportunity to get some exercise during these difficult and challenging times. Number three, communication. One of the main stressors in any circumstance is uncertainty. The more information that is available to the key constituents, both at work and at home, the lower the stress level is. Take the time to ask questions, share concerns and statuses with your loved ones, and hear their concerns. Remember, there is great value sometimes in simply listening. A response is not always requ required. Trust me, my wife reminds me of that very regularly. Sometimes she just wants me to listen. Number four, laugh a little. These are serious times, and there are great concerns all around us each day. However, a little laughter goes a long way toward maintaining a reasonable stress level. Tell a joke, share a funny story, or otherwise seek to share 
a moment of levity with your colleagues. On our afternoon COVID-19 prep call on March 17th, our chief technology officer here at QMC joined the Zoom call in a sparkling green fedora and a green Love Me I'm Irish t-shirt. It was a few welcome minutes of fun and laughter before we got down to the serious agenda of reviewing our business continuity plan. Number five, find diversions at home or in a safe location. Look, life comes at us at a very fevered pace most days. Some of the pace is generated by necessity in the world around us, and some, of course, is self-created. Take an opportunity to turn social distancing into a positive experience by slowing down the pace a little. Pull out that book that you've been anxious to read, spend a few minutes each day with your family, perhaps reminiscing about past vacations, telling a story of some experience you had growing up, or asking them about their hopes, desires, and aspirations. There are many ways to enjoy this time that we have in a more secluded situation. You know, one of the things that my son and daughter-in-law did uh, a few weekends ago was the, they practiced social distancing by spending a whole day on the trout stream together. Very relaxing, very enjoyable, and very safe. Number six, you've got to think about limiting your intake of the news. There is a such thing as too much information. We're all captivated by the evolution of the COVID-19 pandemic. I find myself refreshing the old Johns Hopkins website tracking map on my screen almost hourly throughout my workday. I could spend all evening at home glued to the TV again, trying to follow the coverage, but it is important to take steps to limit your exposure and the exposure of your family to all this reporting. As I recall back to those events of 9-11, my, my children were very young. I can vividly recall tempering our desire to get the latest news of the aftermath with wanting to limit their exposure to those horrific images and emotions. So do the best you can to distance yourself at least a little bit every day from the pandemic that's unfolding around us. So what are we hearing? Well, we hear some of the same concerns from our QMC team as you do from, the, from you and your colleagues in the front lines. The impact on our team members and operations certainly does not have all the elements faced by you and your colleagues on the front lines. However, we do carry the burden of knowing that the work we do for you all is important and allows your organizations to continue to thrive over time. We do take that responsibility very, very seriously. So what are we doing on our side? Well, at QMC, we've taken great steps to number one, address the safety of our team members. Number two, support the personal and professional needs of our team members in these stressful times. Number three, ensure the ability of our organization to continue to serve you, our partners, who are serving on the front lines. And number four, continuing to move forward on the many initiatives that we are pursuing to improve our organization over the long term. In other words, we can't lose sight of the long-term goals for the organization while we're in this crisis together. So our executive leadership team is meeting twice a day to discuss the evolution of all things COVID-19, monitor our activities set in motion to address issues, and plan additional actions to stay ahead of the curve. QMC leadership is communicating with teams at our seven offices around the country on a daily basis. We are reinforcing safe COVID-19 avoidance practices for all of our staff, 
sharing everything from the evolution of the pandemic to the action steps that we are taking throughout our organization. We have also placed cleaning materials and hand sanitizer throughout our office locations and encourage team members to make use of them in support of the CDC and local health department recommendations. QMC leadership has arranged deep cleaning at all of our sites to augment the existing daily cleaning arrangements at each facility. We're also taking steps to expand the number of remote workers during the crisis. While a full 25% of our team members already work at home as a matter of course, we're proceeding very aggressively in accordance with our business continuity plan to move the remainder of our team to a work at home situation. As of the week before last, we were expecting to have 50% of our team members working remotely. By the end of last week, we were actually closer to 75%. And as of this recording today, we are at 98% of our team members currently residing and working at home. Lastly, wanted to reaffirm our commitment as your partner. With respect to the work that QMC is doing on your behalf, we want to be sure that you know that this is one area that you need not let add to your stress. The QMC team is actively engaged in our work on your behalf and committed as your partner. We wish you the best in these trying times and remember, be safe out there. Thanks again for listening and please keep in touch. Mm -hmm.